0: hello and welcome to ask me about k-pop the essential guide for recent converts and seasoned fans alike my
1: name is shannon and i'm angelica
0: And welcome back to part two of Shine Book Club.
1: We're still doing it. We're still doing it. Got two more episodes to go.
0: Um, Thanks to everybody who enjoyed the recap last week. I know some of y'all hadn't read it at all, and that's (laughs) fine. That's exactly what we did it for. And a couple of people in the Discord were like reading really fast to catch up before they listened, and I appreciate that as well. I,
1: I appreciate the dedication of everyone who spent any amount of money on buying any version of this book and any amount of time to consume the content of this book whether yeah. you listened or read it
0: yeah but I feel like generally it's kind of I feel like it's like 60 40 loved it hated it like yes a lot of people I think feel like we didn't really clarify on the show but I think I put myself in camp like liked it just fine um, but some people like really hated the whole experience. And a lot of people have been writing to be like, I thought it was fun. You're not alone, people who thought it was fun. If you've if the impression we've given is that nobody thought it was fun. People thought it was fun.
1: Yes, a lot of people did. I feel like I, if on a scale of like one to 10, like one being loathed it and 10 being loved it, I feel like I have to be firmly a five. I feel like I have no strong feelings mm-hmm. either way. It took a while to get into. Once I figured out what the general plot was gonna be like what we were doing here Mm -hmm. I feel like I was able to go along for the ride but I also skimmed the shit out of that book right so and
0: perfect segue to the next (laughs) point that we wanted to make is that we said very firmly in our recap episode that we had no idea how old Jason was yes
1: and that was something that throughout the book it really bothered me that we didn't know how old he was because I felt like his relationship with Rachel was sketchy if we didn't know how old he was because he was an already debuted idol and she's and seniority and like we know that matters and like exactly right
0: but funnily enough right after we recorded um I joked in the discord like we don't know how old Jason is and one of the listeners was like oh I'm on the page that says Jason's aunts are order wine from 2001 and make a cheeky Mm -hmm. joke about how the best things are made in 2001 and neither caught it on like
1: multiple skims. There's even a part in the narration where Rachel clarifies to say, Uh, ah, yes, (laughs) Jason was born in 2001. So we know he must be (laughs) 19. So to clarify, Jason is 19.
0: So he is legally allowed to drink in Korea. So him being a regular at that tent isn't weird. I still think it's weird. He took Rachel there.
1: I mean, it's like, how long has he been able to drink? And he's like, become a regular at this place. Whatever. Whatever. I won't judge. <laughs> but um, but it does take us to our next point, which one of the things, one of the reasons I was so fixated on his age is because of the private plane they take to Tokyo. Yes, yeah, so
0: we somehow managed to never bring this up, even though it was a real sticking point for both of us. Yeah. Because again, like a thing we know to be true about K-pop is that like idols have to fly commercial and mm-hmm. it's like a big part, like it's a problem. There are like saucings on the
1: planes and like... It's yeah. an issue. They don't have private planes. Nobody That's has a very private Western planes. Thing. <laughs> Hollywood celebrities have private planes. Beyoncé does not fly commercial. Chanyeol does. Right. And then he hits on the flight attendants. Ooh-hoo! Ooh! <laughs> We'll get to anyway. it
0: anyway. Um, yeah. So I was just like very stuck on that. And a couple of people have commented like, oh, is the Japan date really so weird? Is it weird to go on a date to Japan? Like, no, we know idols go to other countries to go on dates. Like, yeah. That's a proven fact. It's the fact that Jason has his own plane. He's or, like new ordered date. his
1: own plane yes. somehow. Yeah. 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 And I and-
0: know they tell us he's really rich. So, like, I guess we could argue. But like you said, I just feel like Korean celebrities having private planes, like, culturally, I just feel like is not a thing. Yeah, Yeah. that
1: I feel like is where it sort of, like, skews. I feel like what they end up... The reason the book ends up getting away with it, in my opinion, is because eventually the date is revealed to be a scheme. It's fake, right? And so, like, he you know, presumably is not the one who orchestrated it and is therefore not the one who planned it or paid for it. Mm -hmm. Then I wonder, like, okay, Mina had to go to, like, the Han River for a date, but Rachel gets flown to Tokyo for her fake date. Like, well, there's some favoritism for you right there.
0: But, yeah, I think the whole, the private plane of it all, somebody in the Discord recently, I I don't know who it was, but somebody brought up the point that a lot of the book sort of reads like crazy rich Asians mm. and that like maybe somebody was trying to push for that maybe angle because everyone in the book is rich and they do like very like lavish crazy right. things that they can describe in these like otherworldly ways. Anyway, Jason has a private plane. It's weird.
1: <laughs> or the company does at least.
0: Somebody does. Um, Last,
1: last point. Last clarification. comment.
0: Comment clarification, whatever that I thought was interesting since the last episode we were very hung up on the plot point of Akari being traded to another company. Yes. And, and
1: Peter agreed with us on that one. That, yes. like, it was odd. The phrasing of trading, like, immediately evokes the Western idea of, like, like sports, sports teams being yeah. traded.
0: But apparently, very recently on Eric Nam's podcast, Peniel from B2B explained that essentially he was traded from mm. JYP to Cube um, because Cube needed to debut a boy group and they didn't have enough boys. Um, apparently you can hear this whole story starting at 27 minutes of the Peniela episode of Eric Nom's K-pop Daybok podcast. Um, but yeah, I guess it isn't unheard of to be traded. <laughs> You're treated. welcome Eric for the free promo. <laughs> yeah. Jesus come on the show. What
1: do you ever do for us? <laughs>
0: Um, but yeah, I think, I honestly think that if they had, it was truly just, like a lot of things in this book, it was just the word choice yeah. that perked up my ears, like calling it a trainee house or saying that she was traded. I think if they had said, Akari was cut, or Akari went to another company, it or wouldn't. Or
1: Akari signed with another company. It wouldn't Ooh, have made done. my my brain go, what? traded, And I think it just sort of leads back to the general, because it is, we've mentioned it a lot, like this idea of Jessica having a ghostwriter, but that's technically a theory, right? There's no confirmed ghostwriter mm-hmm. as far as I know. Right. Um, Jessica is certainly the only author credit on the book. Um, so it's just something that like for us as people who know a lot about the way the industry, uh, the K-pop industry works, like it just brought up our attention as like, really this was written by someone like Super in the know, right?
0: These are not on our vocabulary word exactly. list. That's- these Aww. are not the vo- these
1: go against the vocabulary lists we've already done. Yeah.
0: Um, all right. Well, before we get into today's conversation, uh, we thought that we would try to blend our regular podcast, which is where we are educational, when we talk about K-pop, and this book club idea, and use the one thing that this book did
1: try to touch on,
0: which is like double standards and misogyny in K-pop.
1: Yeah. We both agreed that Shine did a very good job of addressing the double standards that female idols deal with in K-pop. And that is a topic that we have wanted to cover in the past um, and just sort of shied away from it because it's generally a bummer. But because this is a a place where the book shines... (laughs) we decided to use this book to highlight the truths um, that are truly in the K-pop industry. However, that being said, we want to warn listeners of the conversation that you are about to hear. Um, We are going to cover some difficult topics. Um, We will get into some specifics about the feminist movement in Korea and how... Some like how a variety of injustices have sort of played out um, and how some of that can like factor into the sort of attitudes that female idols have to deal with. Um, So be aware that the conversation that the rest of this episode, you know, is, is serious.
0: For sure. Specific content warning that we will talk about Guhara for a second. We don't dwell on it. And I do warn. So if you want to just skip ahead a few seconds. Um, but overall I think it was like a generally good conversation and we were joined by Roxy and Jay who are people who work on the craze magazine which is a K-pop magazine that they publish
1: yes they also have a podcast called the craze cast which is sort of like birthed of that craze Mm -hmm. magazine and we had the pleasure of meeting them earlier this summer uh, when we got to participate in our K-pop social night podcast convention uh, that we did in in July Um, so we're so happy that they were able to join us um I think that we had a really great conversation that handled the topic well
0: yeah so take it away past Shannon and Angelica All right, welcome to our next book club guest segment. Um, We are very excited to be joined by two lovely ladies today for our very important discussion. So please welcome to the podcast, Jay and Roxy from the CrazeCast.
2: Hi, everybody.
0: Thank you for having us. Thank you for being here. Um, Before we get into our discussion today, we just wanted to ask you guys, uh, how did you feel about Shine? How how was your reading experience? What did you think of it? jay would you like to go first
2: um so the crazy thing is that i read this basically in a day (laughs) Um, (laughs) it's been a busy work week but i'm just like i swear i'm gonna sit down and then all of yesterday like i don't know if you guys ever feel this way about like when you pick up a book at first it takes you some time and then you're like oh i'm in it and Mm -hmm. i'm like all i want to do is read um so i read through everything and i have some thoughts there's a lot of (laughs) thoughts but, I mean, in general, like, oh, like it was not bad of a book. Like, mm. I'm just like, it's a pretty decent read, so I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Did it
1: meet the expectations of whatever you thought it was going to be?
2: For me, I kind of had no expectations. I'm just like, okay, well, basically, like, it's Jessica's book. What does she have to say in general? Um, I, when I read the brief synopsis that's in the inside cover, I'm like, okay, but nothing... Else, I'm just like, let's just see what she has to bring to her book. So no really expectations, but I'm like, I came out pretty like, okay, uh, I like it. Right? A decent review. Roxy, what'd you think?
3: I could not stop thinking like, where's the line between like the storytelling and like her real life experience. So I'm like, who are the people that she's talking about? <laughs> who is Jason? Who is Mina? I need to know. <laughs> like, I need the tea. So Yeah.
1: Were you disappointed that there was not as
3: much tea as we maybe thought there was going to be? I don't know. I thought there was, like, a decent amount of it. I didn't have any expectations going in either. But, like, I think she really highlighted a number of things that, like, are very serious. (laughs)
1: Yeah, she really right. did. And that's something, I mean that what a great segue <laughs> into what we're Truly talking perfect. about today. Um because that was something that I was really surprised and honestly like impressed by. I thought it was handled really well. Um and that is the misogyny that exists in K-pop and specifically the double standards of the way that male and female idols are treated, both by the executives and also by the public. Um and so that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to pull some examples from the book, that um, just little details that the book brought up. And then we'll sort of compare or discuss, I guess, (laughs) real life examples that we've seen in our own experience as being K-pop fans. Um, So let's just dive into it. I think one of the first things one of the first, not one of the first things that happened, but one of the first things that like struck me as, uh, oh, that's very accurate, like spicy but accurate, was in chapter 16 when Rachel and Jason go to Lottie World, <laughs> right? And their music video just came out. And so they are listening to some fangirls in the line. And they're talking about the music video. And all the girls agree, like, oh, Jason's so fine. I want to have his babies. Blah, he's so cute. And they immediately jump to slut-shaming the girls, both saying that both of the girls look really slutty. Like, what are they thinking wearing these outfits? And Rachel's first thought is sort of like, we don't even get to pick those outfits. Um, But what struck me about that scene is that in it, Jason does not react at all to the sort of sexist comments that the fans are saying, and instead is like, "Yeah, it's hard to take criticism," and then like pats her on the back and walks away. And that to me, at first, I think it's not hit me because I was like, oh, "I've had so, I've had, like, I've had that
3: conversation." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that is so what men do. That's yes. just
2: what it is. <laughs> like, like part of me, for when I would read that prize, like I wanted to close the book. Let me throw this book at your face. <laughs> Please, that's not fair.
1: I had been keeping a post-it of like highlights, like things I liked and then things I didn't like. And at first I had written like, oh, Jason's cute. And then that happened. And I went back to my post-it and I went, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Yeah, it was very, I thought that was just so interesting because I feel like up until that point of the book, I I didn't understand that it was a conscious plot choice for Jason to be so aloof and worshiped mm-hmm. by everyone. I thought that was just, that's kind of how like boys and teen rom-coms just are, you know, like they get away with everything and they're everyone's favorite. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it then turned into like, this is actually a point of conflict and it is a problem that Jason doesn't understand. This was like one of the most like rewarding parts of the book, I guess to like actually get to that point.
2: Um, another part that stuck out to me is when the, was it Rachel that got in trouble for being late and then Jason walks through just holding fries like it's nothing and the girls are like, you have to be on a diet, you have to conform to this kind of view, like, and who was it? Was it Akari that was outside? You know, she's doing that really sad, sad treatment of, like, trying to sing while doing that punishment and then, like, here's Jason, like and he doesn't even practice he le- he just leaves before
0: they even do anything and everyone's like bye jason we love you jason you're the best jason <laughs> oh so frustrating
1: Yeah, and she had just gone through, like, a very detailed scene of their, like, costume fitting and weigh-in. And, like, you really got to see the high expectations that the girls are under as far as their, like, eating habits go. Like, just, like, one pound off and they get into so much trouble. And then, yeah, Akari's in the hallway, like, singing while doing a wall sit and getting hit in the stomach. And then Jason saunters in. With fries and like smarms at everybody and then yeah, doesn't even have to leave or doesn't even have to do anything and he just gets to go have these these conversations private conversations with Mr. No. Um
3: Was that was that like the same time where like she was being forced to sit and pay attention and he kept like bugging her? Yeah. Yes That was the first time I was like, Oh god, this is where it's beginning. Like Oh yeah. <laughs> a
2: red flag (laughs) just like "Mm, I don't know about this one Mm -hmm. yeah
1: yeah yeah that did really bother me that like he kept talking to her and she was the one that got into trouble um speaking of that as well like on that same line the one moment that we finally get Mina and Rachel bonding is when they are bonding over this like shared experience of having Jason, like witnessing the better treatment of Jason, right? Like they he gets them stuck in the middle of nowhere in Canada. Right. And so they sort of joke together, like if anything, people will applaud him for being gracious enough to drive us himself, but we will get blamed for getting stuck in the mud without our costumes. And so it was, like, nice to see that sort of female camaraderie. I was personally really disappointed that that immediately blew up. Oh, and yeah. And did oh, not yeah. ask. I was, like, <laughs> I was like, why are you making this, like, feminist point about these double standards? Like, this is so well done. Like, I was really into the way she was covering it. And then she just, like, poof, blew it up.
0: Well, I guess there is potential to maybe understand that as a, like, truth that Jessica put in there, Mm -hmm. that, like, if she was in a group of nine people and they all, like, experienced the same kind of, like, sexism, like, there might have been people who still then, like, went, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it, it sucks, but it feels kind of realistic that Mina would still then turn her ire onto Rachel, like... Because that's what society makes us do, man. They make us pit against each other.
1: Yeah, and it does bring up the sort of realities of the K-pop world, which are that, like, these... Girls are, even if they are on the same team, they are, it is very competitive, and so they do have to compete against one another to make sure they debut, and then once they actually do debut, they're competing against so many other groups, Um, so you kind of have to have, like, both truths exist, right, where, like, the double standards are there, but also women have to compete against other women in order to succeed at all. Um, So there are many different examples that we can think of when we talk about double standards in the real industry. Um, One that I immediately thought of when I was like, just the first thing that came to mind for me were all of the different times that songs or music videos or choreography has been banned. Um, for being too explicit in any way or too suggestive, Um, mostly because it is blatantly obvious that the majority of those band videos and band choreographies are female idols or female groups. Um, And you can easily find (laughs) examples of male idols doing the exact same thing or worse, like more explicit and being awarded, uh, literally awarded (laughs) for their performances
2: what yeah. are some oh go ahead one that sticks out to me um is brown eyed girls abracadabra mm-hmm. like everybody was like it's still a great song music video was really great but it still got that negative backlash it's like oh they're too sexy this is mm-hmm. too much but i'm just like they're adult women like they're yes, adults they were
0: so grown like, yeah, like compared to real. regular
2: idols, they mm-hmm. were they were in their mid what mid twenties at the time. So it's yeah. just they, like
0: one or two of them might have already been thirty when they did Abracadabra. Like right, they debuted so just like, much older.
2: Why? Like, come on, mm-hmm. they're adults.
0: Yeah, earlier this year we did an episode, we do these episodes where we watch um, like all the popular stages from a specific year, like 10 years ago. So the 2010 one we did this year had that rainbow song where they did the little shirt lift, but mm-hmm. they didn't, they cut away from the shirt lift and they were wearing like the ugliest safety shorts that like, they looked like they had been punished and been given like ugly outfits because like the they did not like this Choreography and they didn't like their outfits, but in that same episode, multiple second gen boy groups, full chests, nipples, abs out, like on the same episode. Mm.
1: Isn't that the same episode where Rain does his infamous love
3: song? No, that Maybe was two thousand
1: nine. Like... But oh. like, still, <laughs>
0: Fine. Rain it was the year before for stripping. Yeah. Of course,
3: it's Rain though. That okay. makes that's just making me think because like I'm super into eighties and. Mm-hmm. Um, they did recently with their inception comeback. In every single live performance there were at least three shots of Songwell lifting his shirt all the way up. Like close up shots. And I I was it got to the point where I'm like, this is ridiculous. I'm tired of seeing this, but like th- it's just the exact opposite of what, you know, they would let girls do at all. Yeah. Right.
0: And it seems it's just sort of like a different framing where it's like and Lord knows I love a shirtless boy. We talk about it on this show too much. But like um, when they do it, it's like because they're cool, hot, sexy beast idols. Look at their bodies. They're so beautiful. But like girls doing it is cheap and they're trying
1: to get attention in a bad way or like. Mm -hmm. Why can't they rely on their talent instead (laughs) of their looks? And then meanwhile, you have 2PM who literally invented the term beast idol because they refused to keep their shirts on.
2: Mm-hmm. or um I think of hyna all the time Hyuna yes. always gets some sort of negativity because she's not afraid of her sexuality and mm-hmm. she's uh she's really like I love my body I'm confident of what I am and what I show like you take it as is and even then she's still like oh she's too skinny or she doesn't have a booty or does she doesn't have boobs mm-hmm. or whatever like so mm-hmm. you know I, I, can you get up on stage and do what she does? I don't think so. Right,
0: And it's so crazy. We talked about it in the Hyuna episode that, like, even something as iconic as Bubble Pop, like, you know, one of the biggest YouTube videos of all time, like, huge moment, she only got to perform that, like, three times because they banned it from TV because they said it was too sexy. But everyone remembers that song. And, like, it was so popular. I think that comes up on the show a lot where, like, These like sexy girl concepts get lots of like "Mm," from but also they sell out like so people are buying it, but they also want to like have a moral outrage about it, too. Yeah. And you can't have both.
1: And it is, it's especially interesting, like being a K-pop fan for, you know, many years, because then you see something like, one thing that was on all the band choreography lists was uh, Full Moon by Sunmi. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is a song that now, like that was not, she was not allowed to perform that when she was promoting it. But now other groups like fourth gen groups can do covers of that song on like an m countdown or an inky gaio or an end of the year show or something um do you guys think that the number of bands like our k-pop standards censorship standards loosening Oh God! do we see fewer bands nowadays
3: because i'm trying think- to think
1: of the last thing that was banned and i feel like i haven't heard of one in a while I feel like when I pay attention to those balloon-wanted um, posts about things
0: getting approved for broadcast, I, like, always notice them. And I feel like more often than not, people have to change things for lyrics these yeah. days. Yeah. Um I don't see choreography stuff as much, but I also think that, like, I don't know, the packaging of K-pop might be changing a little bit, where I feel like in the second gen, like, if a group was trying to be sexy, it was a very, like, overt kind of thing. And, like, maybe people have just kind of grown into, like, they can sneak it in different. Like, Mm. the choreography is way more complicated. So, like, all those floor humps don't seem as, like, obvious as when Rain just did it for three whole minutes.
2: Right. I don't
0: know. Just,
2: like, thinking. I'm not Um, sure, though. I want to say choreography-wise, just because I know a couple of people who do um, choreograph. Like, I'm not close to them, but I know that they've done work um it's more of like they have their own original company but they send it off to the company and they make tweaks here and there mm. and they like they substitute certain parts for like okay that might not get away broadcasting wise so when you see it perform on stage it's actually a lot different than what the original choreography is
1: that makes sense that the companies themselves would sort of adjust another choreographer. But it is what I was just I was thinking like uh Hyolin came out with um oh my gosh, I just Say my totally name. thank you very much. I was I have listened to that song so much this summer I can't believe I just blanked on the name. But that has a lot I mean Hyolin loves to get on the floor and shake her butt. Um and that one has like you know specific twerking right in the in the chorus and it was allowed For everyone. Like the only thing Hyolan ever gets is is she has to cover her tattoos. Um, but yeah, maybe it maybe it's getting looser. Maybe it has something to do with concepts sort of blending, right? And people aren't as like beast idol, girl crush, fairy idol anymore. It's a lot more Mm -hmm. flowy now.
2: (laughs) And I feel like you can see a lot more female artists, their things are getting shorter, like their shorts are getting shorter and they're I mean they're still safety shorts, but now it's not as noticeable. Like, it still covers the necessary parts and everything. But, like, I feel like these, like, back then it used to, like, you would see the safety shorts. Now it's just, like, now it's short.
0: Like I was saying earlier, I feel like back in the day, sometimes those, like, safety shorts or the tattoo cover-ups, like, felt like a punishment. Like, they purposefully, like, when you would, I remember in middle school, if your shorts were too short, like, the, like, t-shirt they would give you if you broke dress code at school or whatever, and that's what the safety shorts of the old days, or like the way they used to cover Hyolan's tattoo with like a giant medical band aid and tape so that it like looked all gross. Like it feels like it's punishing. Like, oh, you wanna try to break the rules? Well, we're gonna make sure you look gross. It's weird. But yeah, I noticed I was watching Can't Stop Me performances yesterday and they made Momo put shorts under her little onesie because it's just a little. I was just thinking of
1: Momo's onesie. I
3: was like, that is cheeky.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Well, there's shorts under it now. So
3: there you go. Um, The irony there to me, though, is like it's not even their choice. Like they're forced to wear these things. So why are they getting punished for it when somebody in the company decided that like this is what you're going to do? Mm hmm. Yes. And
1: that's something that Jessica actually did a good job, I think, of bringing up multiple times in the book. Um, not only when Rachel is thinking like, what, we didn't even get to choose those outfits. But also then I think the best, one of the best examples of the double standards and misogyny in K-pop is the whole Kang Gina story, right? Mm-hmm. Because Kang Gina is the like star of Electric Kiss or like, Electric flower. flower. Um Electric Kiss is an EXO song. <laughs> um <laughs> Electric Flower and uh she, you know, gets so her reputation gets totally tanked, right? She tries to renegotiate her contract, um goes to the company, presumably confesses that she's in a relationship and gets kicked out of the company uh forever. She gets labeled as a diva in the news, um, and it's sort of blamed on the fact that she had gotten uh, too big of a head. She she needed to re- remove herself from the industry before she became a monster. Um, and so they sort of tank their her career. And I think Jessica did a good job of bringing up as Kang Gina does in her, like, rants um, about how they really did, you know, like, she does everything that the company ever asked her for, um, but in the end, she will still be the one that's blamed for it because the idols really don't have a lot of autonomy when it comes to the songs they make or the clothes they wear or the hairstyles they get, et cetera.
0: Yes, 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 yes.
2: It kind of brings me to the whole, like, once you, like not all the idols but more like around after school wonder girls when the girls got married when me- members got married and they're having their own families and everything like oh they're no longer an idol anymore mm-hmm, or right. they they don't have this talent anymore but it's like they're still there it's just sometimes too I feel like it gets tiring to be an idol all the time and they're like I want some sense of normalcy
0: Right. But the guys, like the first gen guys get to like be considered idols forever. But then the girls, like once you get married, like now you're just like a mom and you used to be an idol.
3: It's like I feel like it go it plays to the the whole misogynistic view of like, oh, now this woman's not available. So like she can't Mm. be an idol. But like the men are always no matter what their status is. Right. Everybody's still
0: thirsty for Rain, even though we know that he is a married dad. But like, do people talk about the
1: SES members or someone who's like, (laughs) which is obviously no, because we don't know. I couldn't name one of them right now for you, but we all know who Rain is. Right. It's like the same (laughs) Hollywood standard of how like, like I always think of Meryl Streep talking about how like the week she turned 40, she got three different witch scripts like because hollywood like oh you're 40 now you're a witch like you can no longer be a desirable lead character oh or my god
0: <laughs> even to bring it to like girls a girls generation example we talked about how um oh no why can't i think of her name Taeon, Jessica, no, Tiffany, the Sunny, the tall model Sooyang. one, Su Young. Young, thank you. Uh-huh. Su Young has like been with her boyfriend for almost a decade, and she refuses to like marry him because she like knows that as soon as she gets married, she'll never get the same like roles again. Mm-hmm. And like that's bananas because she's like yeah. basically married, but she like can't do it because then it will like lock her out of opportunities for mm-hmm. whatever reason, and that's and- sad.
1: Yeah, and that point is made by... I wonder, now that I think about it, m- maybe Jessica was thinking about Young when she when she included this detail, but, like, Kang Gina in the story is dating a boy or a man who is also in a group, right, at a different company. And the way it pans out is that she confesses to the company and gets kicked out. He confesses to the company and renegoti- gets a better deal, right? Like, he renegotiates and is able to, like, continue being an idol. So it is really, like nail on the head
2: (laughs) accurate of all things that were accurate that one was and then also thinking about just jessica herself because she was in a relationship right and it was one of those factors to or rumored factors as to why she left the group
0: too Mm -hmm. right we'll have more discussions about this i think next week about who we think people are but it is the stance of angelica and i that Kang Gina is Jessica. If anybody in the book is Jessica, Kang Gina is Jessica because mm-hmm. it feels like it makes the most sense to me because Jessica like had a fashion line and had a boyfriend and was doing her own things. Mm-hmm. And the story that was given when she was kicked out is like Jessica wasn't interested in girls generation anymore. She had her own things going on. Yeah. So we just decided to part ways and she'll be fine. Um, but obviously, I think she still has a lot of anger around that, as somebody might,
1: perhaps a little bitterness <laughs> left over.
2: I'm like, if she makes a sequel, I want to know it what I, what is, what's going to be Rachel's story as she's in the group now, and what kind mm-hmm. of little things are going to come out through that way.
3: I feel like it. that's going to be like Girls' Generation T. That's yes. what I want. I want it so bad.
0: Jessica said herself on Good Morning America this week uh, that the next book will probably have more, like, she'll be able to say more about the girl group experience. And I think that was my only, like, disappointment with this book is because the teaser chapter of that fake-out interview made me think it would be a book about a girl in a girl group. But it was a book about a trainee who wasn't in a girl group. And so I was like, ah, got me too early.
1: Yeah, I I thought it was going to be a girl who had just debuted, and I get why, like, especially if you're trying to grab an audience who is not familiar with K-pop, like, you might want to start as a trainee to, like, get the backstory, but yeah, I was a little disappointed in that, too, um, but it does bring up the idea of, like, I think the one of the biggest, like, double standards of um, K-pop is just the idol reputations, right? Like, because mm-hmm. I remember before I even knew anything about Girls' Generation, I feel like the general understanding that I had gathered from the ether about Jessica leaving was that she left because she had a boyfriend and she wanted to go be with her boyfriend in New York instead. And so it like was all right, re- like just sort of the residual like blame was that like, oh, well, she like was disloyal to the group. She lost interest. Like she got a boyfriend and then everything changed. Um, and I think right now we're seeing uh, this sort of repeat not the exact same thing, but a repeat of what happens to idol, what can happen to idol reputations with Irene right now and what's going on um, with this bullying, quote unquote bullying scandal um, that happened recently with Irene.
0: Yeah, I think this is one of the biggest examples of the misogyny and double standards in K-pop and this is coming from the fan public perception angle of it Um, and that is just like, what female celebrities are allowed to be Mm -hmm. um, and that the things that they get in trouble for or the things that people hate them for is, like, she doesn't smile. I perceive her to have a bad attitude. Or, like, you know, the things that, like, just women existing get them in trouble and it takes, like, literal criminal charges to get, like, boys in trouble. And even then, people are like,
3: but I mean... Yeah, I was gonna actually just <laughs> going to say that. Like, Sunri, there's still, like, a huge faction of people that support him, even though he, like, straight up ran a prostitution ring. Like, they can do no wrong. But, yeah, like Jenny has a
0: bitch face and, like, meh. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Or um, Jessica's sister, Crystal.
2: Crystal also ice, got a lot. She's the ice princess, so she's, like, she just has that type of face yeah. where she's just, like, I- I'm unbothered.
0: Mm -hmm. But that's, like, so many, like, weird non-scandals have been started where it's, like, that end, the end stage at M Countdown where everybody's waiting and somebody's not smiling. I always knew she was a bitch. Like, it's very, and, like, no, I don't know. I don't know if I should bring up something, like, way too serious or not. I don't don't know how, like, what kind of conversation we're
2: having
1: here. Bring it up and let's see if we want to talk about it. We can always edit it out.
2: (laughs) Exactly. It's like, there's the edit button. It works, too.
1: Okay. Content warning
0: for physical abuse and suicide. Uh, But one of the worst examples of this I've ever seen was when Kuhara's boyfriend broke into her home, pulled her out of her bed, and beat the shit out of her. And then the public found a video of her on radio star getting razzed by the host and getting frustrated and tossing an empty water bottle down. And they used that as proof of she is a violent, angry person and she deserved everything that happened to her. And like, Oh, I can't even, it like makes me sick. I'm like shaking. Sorry. I know that's like so serious, but like that's how far it goes from like, she didn't smile to then when that person is then victimized, it's like, well, she wasn't nice. Yeah, and oh. that's
1: that particular instance. So I did a little bit of, of research into like the history of feminism in South Korea because I really didn't know that much about it, and it is different from the the feminist movement here in the United States, mostly because the feminist movement in South Korea started really got whole, like really got going in the '80s in the 1980s, and it started as a labor movement um, because women made up most of the workforce. So their focus has been all, has been less on equality and more on human rights and, like, labor conditions. Um, So they have kind of a a different, like, motivation than some of the more Western feminist ideals do. But one thing that happened kind of recently, like, with the whole... um, They had their own Me Too movement in South Korea. And part of it was the MOLCA, like, hidden cameras. Yes. Um, And there was an example... one thing that really sparked a lot of the Molka protests is that right before all those things happened, there was a woman who, um, she was a student, and she posted online a photo of another, of a male student who was a, um, he was an art model, like in an art class, and so he was a nude model in an art class. And the story is, and I, I've read it from a few different accounts, but this is the story. The story is that this female student, this male art student was a, or this male model would walk around, would leave class nude and like walk around. And many female students complained that he made them uncomfortable because he would just walk around naked. So this female art student took a photo of him walking around naked and posted it online and said, what, like this guy keeps doing this to us, like put some freaking clothes on. And she got taken to court for the uh, voyeurism laws, under the voyeurism Mm. laws. And because of the testimony of the guy who got photographed, she not only had to pay a fine, she had to make a public apology and was jailed for 10 months under the same voyeurism laws that the courts did not use to apply to, or did not apply to the Molka cases. And so that's when the women of Korea took to the streets. Over 360,000 women protested against these Molka camps because the laws that were supposed to protect them were actually being used to put a woman in jail. So... <gasps> The Guhara reaction is a really good example of the sort of gen... It's like a microcosm of the sort of f- struggle for for je- for female for women's rights that is happening in South Korea right now. It's wild.
0: I oh wish you God. could all see our faces. Our eyes were so
1: wide while she was telling that story.
2: <laughs> I'm just like so shook just to hear all of that. Oh, my God.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I was... Part- so this is a getting a little bit into a tangent but like because of the extre- like sort of extremism of the gender violence that's happening in, in South Korea right now r- the like current feminist movement is super super radical and they yeah. have this movement of like it's called taking off the corset and so it's a it's an explicit rejection of all beauty expectations from makeup, long hair um, like clothes, high heels, even some women go so far as to like completely rejecting heterosexual relationships, motherhood, and marriage as well. Cause they are like taking off the corset and shucking patriarchy all together. Um, so it's a very interesting. It's a very interesting dichotomy because the majority of young men right now are not supportive of the feminist movement. They see it as misandry, and their main point of contention is that
3: women don't get drafted,
1: and so Mm. they're
3: pissed. They use that in America, too. They're like, if there was a draft, you wouldn't get drafted. I'm like, nobody's gotten drafted in how many years? Like, Vietnam War was the last one, so shut up. That's not... Yeah. It is
1: a relevant complaint in South Korea, though. All of the men yes. do have to do that, and so
3: they usually That's complain. true, but, like, they don't have, like, an active war going on, so most of them just do, like, civic, like, whatever right. the civic service. Yeah, mm-hmm. civic service.
2: Or, um, going back onto the whole feminist thing and bringing up Irene again, yes. she wore, like, was it a phone case or a t-shirt? She Something. read a book. Or that Irene too. read
0: a book. Joy had a phone case, Niall had a phone case. Sully yeah. wore t-shirts, but, like, they were, there was a book. I, I need, it's like a woman's name in a year. I, I'll insert it in post. But it's just like a, it's a very popular Korean novel about like a woman who just like sort of realizes that she's incredibly unsatisfied with like the like, you know, stereotypical like mother wife role that was forced on her. And it's like two hour Western standards, extremely innocuous, but like it pissed people off. And so, like, Irene just said that she read it, and that got people burning her photo cards. Um, And then simple things like the phone cases just said, like, girls can do anything. Mm -hmm. Burn them. Like, that's all they had to say was, like, girls can do anything. And, like, I think it also is kind of a weird thing you were saying, Angelica, that the, like, feminist movement is very radical that I think it's it's unfortunate that then something as simple as girls can do anything gets like lumped in with like there's a ton of room in between those two things but that they all get encompassed as like no this is all bad any kind of propping up of of women is actually evil it's so it sucks so much
1: yeah, there's a yeah. lot of connotations to the word feminism or or feminist that like a lot of women and I think especially idols, they cannot attach themselves to that word because of what it has come to mean um, in the like current, you know, landscape of South Korea. It's very, very strange uh, or not strange, but it's very interesting Um But yeah, it will be interesting to see how this Irene thing pans out as well, Um, because I know that there have been some calls that, like, she needs to leave the group. Um, But despite the fact that she has publicly apologized, she also privately apologized, and the person who initially brought out the complaint made a statement that that they were satisfied with the apology and, like, ready to sweep it under the rug. But, of course, the sort of fervor of it is, like... It's really escalated.
3: Well, people these days too are very um, frustrated, so they take it out on stuff like this, especially.
0: Yeah, this year has kind of felt particularly um, aggro in all things because everybody's stuck inside and nobody got to have a regular year. And I think people have a lot more frustrations than they usually yeah. do. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's just so interesting because it feels like it just feels like a, the immediate announcement of Espa or aespa or however you're saying it it just feels it gave me such terrible flashbacks to when sully got kicked out of fx because the exact same thing happened where it was like so like but sully's crime was dating somebody who was older than her but like as soon as she left the group they like pushed out red velvet even though they hadn't even finished picking members mm-hmm. just to like create just a to distraction. Distract.
3: <laughs> I, I am certain that's what's happening here. I am yeah. 100% convinced this is a PR stunt and they know it'll work because people attention spans are not very,
0: they long, sure are, so.
3: they are very little these days, aren't <laughs> yeah. they? especially
1: yeah. the way that they're pushing just one member at a time. Right. Like almost <laughs> like in the same red velvet way, maybe they haven't picked the final lineup yet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, half of it is AI Half of them, yeah, that's true. Anyway, so so exciting. It'll be interesting to see how they do that. I had
1: to read the the description of that group several times before I understood that the other four members are avatars of the real members, and not. But they look look
0: really cartoony. Yes, I was very happy to see that they didn't look real. I was gonna freak out if they looked like the VTubers that like look real but they don't, so it's okay.
2: I mean, (laughs) I I wouldn't put it past them to do it eventually, though. Yeah,
0: they'll be like, upgrade with new comebacks, they'll upgrade the skins of the AI girls until they get (laughs) more realistic.
2: You (laughs) have KDA (laughs) out there. You have KDA doing that already with augmented reality, so it's just like, we'll see.
1: And are they making, like, a VR, like, hotel or something? I heard about that. that, If the SM Hotel ever comes
0: true, they've been saying they were going to make that for years and years, but I think since they lost COEX and have nowhere to put the theater and the museum, they might actually do it. But that's it's all apparently supposed to move. Like, everything that was at COEX is supposed to be, like, at a hotel out in the country, and, like, all the rooms will be, like, themed... And then there will be like, like there was at the museum and had like a like screens of like, they'll come in your mirror Mm. and like welcome you or whatever the F.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I wonder if it'll be like, you know, like virtual reality. Like you get to put on your goggles and like have coffee with Suho or something. And then like, has like a video of him like, hello, how was your day? Uh. (laughs) Like Westworld, but with. Oh, my
0: God. Yes, that's that's where it's going.
1: Oh no, we've seen how that pans out. Okay, let's get back on track.
0: <laughs> anyway, more thoughts about double standards in K-pop. I think from like a personal standpoint, we've talked about we talk about it on our show a lot. But like, I am a boy cra- I am just so very boy crazy. I always have been. I can't help it. I love boy groups. But like the gr- treatment of girl groups has always been something that I've been very aware of. And it's a bummer that we have to make it a, like, conscious choice, but we make a conscious choice on this podcast to, like, lift up little girl groups and, like, try. Because, yeah, I think that they just have so much stacked against them and the boys get a million chances where I feel like the girls start with, like, I feel like girl groups debut with, like, all their chances already taken. You know what I mean? Like, they just can't win and you have to have such a specific personality I think to like like the people like Sully was always like not scared of it and like Hwasa doesn't seem scared of it with her like brawlessness. but like that's like two people out of like hundreds and hundreds mm-hmm. so I don't know it's Aww. just it's a but like at the, it's just like a thing that I always think about that they're all like struggling against this like I don't know, this, like, a glass ceiling-y kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they have to work so hard. And I, people always bring up, like, girl idols probably are constantly having to perform, like, on their periods and stuff. Boys don't <laughs> have to do that at all.
2: It kind of brings me to, like, thinking about... I mean, granted, it happens for boy groups, too. But with girl groups, if you're not at a certain concept, if you're not doing what's trendy right now there's no chance of you ever getting to that platform when you know that oh we are popular Mm -hmm. unless um and if you go to outside of the box it's just negative negative reactions to it and then so it's like where where's the in between and then when you're facing off with 10 other girl groups or soloists who are doing the same exact thing that you are what
1: happens then? Yeah, you have to be trendy, but you also have to be, you have to be a cut above the rest, and you only get one shot. Yeah,
2: and uh, it's like, and I want to, like, I i think I say it on our podcast where it's just like, it's hard for me to get into girl groups because everything almost sounds the same or similar concepts that it's just like, I'm looking for that one thing to switch it up, So I'm like, oh, I'm into you. And it happens for boy groups too, but it's faster with boy groups than it is with girl groups for me.
0: I also wonder if that is a thing where it's just like because of boys being boys and getting to do what they want that like a boy group reality show is they just are left to their own devices and they get to act however they want and say whatever they want. Whereas I feel like girl group content is like, heavily edited or they just like have to like I don't know it just the more the whole vibe of it is different where I feel like they're not allowed because they're not allowed to like be seen as being rude or be seen as whatever like for example a thing that got brought up as a point of Irene is probably a bully was like a video where she almost pushes joy in a pool and I can think of thousands of boy groups who have pushed each other into pools it's like mm-hmm. all they do and nobody would ever say that like that's because they're bullies um so it's just like I feel like I'm not getting I don't get the same content from the girl groups because the companies are so worried about the image a quote from the book Kong Gina said they will never shell out money for a female female star who is anything less than perfect. Mm-hmm. Um and like this is just came to my mind and is kind of a sidetrack but a thing that has always upset me about girl groups when I watch them promote Is when they wear that, they have to wear the tiny costume to the game show that they can't sit in. So then they are given modesty blankets from the crew to like sit with a blanket on their lap. And it's like, I don't understand why you would be sent to like go on a game show in a skirt you can't sit in. And then they, and they know that you can't sit in the skirt. So they have a pile of blankets for like, modesty like it's it doesn't i'm it confuses me that you would be like put them, put them in something so tiny and then put a blanket over it
1: like what are we doing that always drives me crazy on Knowing Brothers when they the girls have to wear their like shorter than normal school uniform skirts and then they're there to do a dance, so they have to take a take it cuts back to them wearing these like horrible track pants underneath oh, all of their skirts. And it's like why not just give them either like pants
2: or regular skirts, like real school length skirts. Yeah. Or mm. it's just like how hard it is it to find like school uniform material to make into pants for girls Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you you can do it for guys why can't you do it for i mean like this is just my thing because it's like i do appreciate the schoolgirl outfits don't get me wrong but if i had a choice i'd be wearing those plaid pants any day sure (laughs) you know but um Going back to even shows like Knowing Bros, um, more often Radio Star... Is Radio Star the one with... That's Camino? the one where
0: the hosts are usually, like, mean and stupid and, like, rile like, stuff up badly. I don't
2: understand how Radio Star lasts... It's still going on, I believe, right? How yes, it's it is. How so long, and it's just, like, these people are rude, especially when female guests are on. Like... You know that the moment that a female walks through those doors and she sits down, all they're going to ask for is her dating life, what's going on with that situation, when is she going to get married? Children, mm-hmm. all of that. And it's just like it takes me back to there's an episode with Jessica specifically how her relationship gets brought up and she's like I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like I'm done. But even her own label mate, Kyuhyun, from Super Junior, keeps egging her on. And I'm like, yo. Shut up. (laughs) Like, like, she already said yes. Or like, this is it. This is all I'm saying. We're done. They keep bringing it up. And even you can see Tiffany even getting mad. She's like...
3: I hope he got his ass beat behind the scenes after that one. I know. I want... I want like a group of girls like nine girls that dress like gangsters that go around and beat the shit out of these people when they ask bad questions. <laughs> Just so like everybody gets mad about it, but like all of us are still really excited, so like we support them and they still exist. Yeah. Cuz like obviously Korea would hate that, but <laughs> no, I think it's kind lot of, of us strange.
0: Like <laughs> Radio Star is kind of a strange thing because like yeah, it's been on forever and it's like always had a cast of like shitty mean dudes hosting it but there's another show that's called video star it has almost exactly the same set but it's hosted by lady comedians and it's also on constantly in rotation on korean tv but i feel like i never see clips from video star get passed around on like twitter what's that about
3: Hmm. i don't know just an
2: aside (laughs) because women aren't funny duh Right. Women can't be funny. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. Again, You're not I allowed forgot. to be. Like you just have to sit there and be pretty and have a nice smile. Mhm. In mm-hmm. your skirt that's too short to sit in. Oh, yeah. oh guys, it's
0: exhausting. It's exhausting. <sighs> it so is. I guess So I guess the point of this whole thing to take away would just be like, like we always say, support girl groups, support female idols cuz they're up against too much crap and also let's hold these dumb boys feet to the fire a little more often okay
1: yeah cheers to jessica for both including this reality of k-pop in her book and giving us a great example of how to hold those dumb oblivious boys accountable put their noses in it like a dog that peed in the carpet
2: Oh, yeah, like, definitely, like, towards the end, when she tells Jason off, I'm like, yes, please, thank God, it's about time, because dumb boys are, mm, no, uh, no uh, time So bad no. in 2020. <laughs> Ugh,
0: yeah, Jason, Jason was realistically frustrating, so good on you for that one. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us today, ladies. Would you like to tell our listeners about your podcast and your magazine and where to find you?
3: Yeah, so, um... Our podcast, uh, The Craze Cast, we are still pretty new. Um, we started earlier this year, but we're on all major streaming platforms. And uh, we usually like to talk about, um, you know, previous things that we've published in print articles or anything that's on our website um, and sort of give a perspective of what it's like to be not just a fan, but somebody that's, you know, working as, you know, a journalist almost. Um, just, you know, having a different sort of set of eyes on things because you know we've all been in this for a little bit too long so <laughs> we see patterns yeah <laughs> um, and where can we
1: find you guys online where can we find all of the all of the lovely work that you do
3: yeah so our website uh dot uh has all of our stuff uh links to our podcast all of our social media is at craze Magazine, facebook twitter instagram all of that good stuff
0: And that's spelled K-R-A-Z-E, yes? Yes. Perfect. Thank you you again for for being being here,
1: here. giving us some time out of your weekend. Um,
2: Yeah, we'll have to have you guys back for for a more lighthearted topic next time. (laughs) Thank you for having us. Thank you for letting us come on the podcast.
0: Oh, well, thank you again to Roxy and Jay for joining us. Um, Please subscribe to the craze cast. Check out the craze magazine. That's K R A Z E. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Find them on social media. It's a physical print magazine and they get like, they get good scoop from like insiders and choreographers and they get really good access to like little baby groups and stuff. So check that out. Um, And that's it for this week's episode. Uh, Next week is more shine time. We're going to have some fun and games.
1: Yes. So a task, a bit of homework for my book clubbers out there. If you would like to send us some of your favorite shine insults. (laughs) Next week, we are going to lighten the mood. We're going to have some fun and games. And we want to know a few things. Number one. What are the kernels of truth that you think are in Shine? Mm -hmm. What little details, no matter how small, are you like, yes, I will bet money this is for real, Mm -hmm. true, absolute fact? Number two, I want to know what your favorite insults are. We talked about it. Everybody's super needlessly mean mean in this book. Mean, mean, mean. And they... Like just throw random shade and like it is specific and it is weird. So pull out your favorite insult, send it to us. We're going to have a try not to laugh insult Insult edition. (laughs) And is there a third thing? Yes. The third
0: thing is if there are any particular awkward paragraphs or like long run on sentences, we've gotten a few emails that are great because I want to play Shine Mad Libs. Yeah. I think it would be very
1: fun. <laughs> it will be super fun to play Shine Mad Libs. We're going to just like delete random adjectives and nouns and have a good time. Um so now is now we get to clown on the book and have a good good fun time for the rest and of it. And also
0: month. really dig into the tea which a lot of y'all have been doing and I'm so excited to talk about some of your theories that we've already been made yeah, aware of. Yeah, so yeah. Send and there's a in. lot of
1: great, I love the like discourse that's on our discord right now. We do have a shine book club um, channel on it. So like if you are interested in chatting with people or you have, if you can't wait till yeah. next week. <laughs> or like if you're hearing a take of ours that you disagree with, take it to the, <laughs> the discord. Um, a lot of people are having a really interesting debate of like, some people think there was no tea in the book. And some people are like, this book is scalding and it's really fascinating to see that. This is exactly
0: what I wanted. Y'all are making me really proud. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I wanted when we said we would do a book club. So, thank you for chatting with each other and with us, yeah. and we'll keep having fun. Um, if you were to send all of those things, uh, I would love to get content for this specifically emailed at pod at gmail.com just it's so it's easier can keep for track us track to it. keep
1: track of that shit.
0: Like we said, there's conversation happening in our Discord, uh, which is linked on our link tree, which is on all of our social media, which is at amakpoppod um we have a phone number and we haven't gotten a voicemail in forever if you guys want to leave a voicemail about book club i would really like to play a book club voicemail I'm so one ama k-pop 5 for we those
1: also have a p.o box ama k-pop pod p.o box 26096 los angeles california 90026
0: great all right, well, uh, stay safe and sane this week, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye bye. Chongyan, your inspiration. And the, it was the biggest thing that happened to early girls generation is them being too close to super junior is what got them black ocean that's true yeah. oh my god
3: is that true it's all no, fallen i wasn't around yes. for that yes oh yes god. yes
0: because nobody remembers we brought it up in the episode when we talked about it but at that black ocean dream concert super juniors fans like ripped up their merchandise while they were singing like because they were so mad at them for like being being friends with, friends girls, with girls but generation. because girls generation was brand new and girls here's a misogyny because they were new and girls they got black oceaned by the whole goddamn stadium
1: amazing oh yeah
0: that's right Good
1: why God. did we bring that up after we stopped recording
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm still recording I'm still recording the zoom we can put it up as a bonus blooper yes. blooper um, reel.